Well, greetings, one and all, and welcome to Doerism's The Podcast for the week of February the 12th, presented as always by the fine folks at County Market, standing up for your communities, your schools, and your kids. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. Our good friend Max Bennett will be along in just a bit to help us break down the basketball that was, but man, what a fun week it was. And by the way, I'd be remiss by not wishing all of you an early happy Valentine's Day as well, as we're kind of building into the, the sweet spot of the winter sports season. Obviously, the postseason is now a upon us, started with Illinois girls, but last week we had a nice crescendo into all of this, both, you know, in the world of sports and beyond. I mean, two new episodes of both The New Pope and of McMillions, and if you're not watching McMillions, I can't help you. Doug Matthews is the hero and savior our country needs right now, and if you're watching it, you know exactly what I mean. We got new music from The Strokes this week. I'm fired up. It's a good time to be around, and we're descending into March Madness, which is always fun as well. And the basketball last week and all the goings-on, really, as I said, kind of led us into a nice point of entry with this. We had National Letter of Intent Day, and that's always fun just to kind of figure out the future architecture of these kids that we followed for four years and to see what they're going to do with their talents at the next level. So got a lot of answers on that front. Some we expected, some we didn't expect. And I thought, as we mentioned last week, a lot of colleges did well. And then we had the Superfan Shootout last week, which went much better than I thought speaking candidly, because this was a year where I thought our matchups weren't as typically strong as they usually are. Some of that was endemic on the fact that the teams that we are committed to, some of them are having rougher seasons than usual, below 500 seasons, which makes it harder to mix and match. And remember, these pairings are done a year out in most cases. We're projecting what teams can be, and you know some of the teams we've dealt with have dealt with injury issues, and the players that didn't uh, you know mature the way they thought, or some other issues that have sprung up along the way. All in all, though, I thought it was a much better tournament shootout two-day affair than I thought maybe the projections that we had even for it turned out to be. And I mean, a lot of that owes to the fact that we had some really good games. And, you know, we got that Friday night started off right with a real thriller down to the wild, but down to the wire, I should say, between Barry Western and Quincy Notre Dame, which Kyle Colgrove won on a last-second shot on a night where he scored his 1,000th career point. And speaking honestly, Kyle Colgrove last year was the reason we went out and courted Barry Western for this event. And, you know, he obviously delivered and stood up big on that stage. But, you know, the whole Saturday slate, other than the early game where Palmyra, for whatever reason, inexplicably, was kind of a no-show after playing so well the in course of the season. The, the Palmyra girls just were not themselves and got, you know, jackhammered in that game by Freeburg, which was totally unexpected, which set sort of a weird tone to start the day, but the rest of the day really picked it up. In fact, the game right after that, which saw the Pittsfield boys, who had their struggles this season, but seemed to play really well in this event and always seemed to play really well against great competition, really stood up and played uh, Palmyra to within a two-point game. And it was a fun game from start to finish, and it really changed the, it was almost like a palate cleanser, uh, where it just kind of wiped away that early game, and all of a sudden, things got good from there and you know it was fun to watch that game came down to a final shot in that one I thought both teams played really well it's about as good a game as you can expect at you know 11 a.m. in the morning uh, hotly contested two really well coached teams always neat to kind of get Ryan Wood and Brad Tomhave together and to see them run against each other was super fun um, teams as I mentioned played well you know Jaden Durst with a really good finishing burst for Palmyra kind of was the difference in the game but you know th there was a lot of really good in that game from Peyton Apps 
Epps and Will Guthrie, um, you know, and guys who stepped up big in that game as well for Pittsfield. So I, I think that's a positive point building forward into the postseason for Pittsfield. Pittsfield's starting to find some traction. This is a team that's played well against good teams, as I mentioned. It's a team that's beaten Porta. Uh, you know, this is a team that's beaten Rushville Industry, and those are pretty darn good teams. And so I think you you take some of the positive dynamics of that. It's a team that beat Brown County for for goodness sake the the night before. So you know, if I'm a Pittsfield Saki fan, I feel a little better about myself even in the wake of a two point loss, which you know might have been a little self inflicted that Pittsfield didn't finish as well as it was. You know, Palmyra overrunning them. Pittsfield's proven it can play with good teams, and they're going to be a dangerous team come the regional. Um, but the day got a really nice crescendo to it. I thought the you know both West Hancock teams played exceptionally well against really good Alt Marquette teams. Now I know the Alt Marquette girls were down a couple of missing starters, but you know Mallory Ross was the best player on that floor and probably the best player in that arena, no matter who was forced to sit out or not that day. And does she not foul out? You know West Hancock probably wins that game. Um, she was hitting monster shot after monster shot, and she was a super fun player in that affair. Uh, then obviously you got a chance to watch Drake Hamill and company go go to work and um, you know take on a really good Alt Marquette game and a game that got away from them late, but you know a game they played supremely well early. And you know again another team the architecture of which I think is is kind of fun moving into the postseason. That you know now that Lucas Dorothy is starting to round back into shape and to get healthier by the moment, and you know the fact that you've got guys who can make plays for you and a Drew Martins, uh, you know apart and aside from you know everybody collapsing on Drake Hamill. It's it's kind of fun to watch that team and think maybe, you know, if if at the right moment they're a team that's capable of taking out just about anybody. So that was fun. And then obviously uh, the marquee game was was much more tremendous than I thought. You know, I think a lot of people were predicting an absolute blowout given Quincy Notre Dame boys struggles this season and the fact that Winchester West Central has been so good. And it turned out to be a one-point game. And it was an extremely exceptionally physical game. I mean, Quincy Notre Dame um, you know, went to the foul line not very often, and they sent West Central to the foul line a lot. Well, part of that was somebody was standing there on the baseline. Yeah, Quincy Notre Dame was intentionally being very physical with those guys, and I think that was part of it. And so, you know, I, I touched on the other night on the on the newscast about the fact that the, the foul differential was about 17 shots more for West Central than it was for Quincy Notre Dame. That was illuminative, uh, illuminative of the fact that, you know, that that, that that was the game plan. That was the MO. And Quincy Notre Dame is going to poke at you, and they're going to try to frustrate you. And Grant Hire is going to try to get on your nerves. And I thought, to the most part, I thought West Central did a really good job just calmly dealing with that. Now, this was not the best weekend of West Central basketball we've seen. Obviously, this three-game stint, uh, you know, with the win on Friday over Carrollton that wasn't impressive, which basically saw West Central on the road trailing uh, for much of that game until they got a finishing effort, though Gabe Cox did have 31 again in there to help close it out. Um you know, and then the the win over Quincy Notre Dame, which I I would kind of put on par with the uh, you know going into Plains, and you know if had they beaten Plains, it's a tough place to play. I'll give West Central plenty of credit for that. And then the loss on Tuesday night to Payson Seymour. Uh, which I'll get into in greater detail here in a bit. But I didn't think it was the best week for West Central, and, and we'll see where they go from there. I think that's a topic that we need to talk about in a little bit as well. But, again, was super, super pleased with the super fan shootout. I thought both Quincy Notre Dame and West Central gave us a great effort. It was a game that was kind of a nail-biter. It was a game that might not have been the prettiest thing in the world to watch, but it was certainly a game where you could see the volition of two teams, one who struggled all year but is starting to get healthy and one that's very talented that was forced to deal with some some 
adversity both rise to the occasion. So again, super pleased with the Super Fan Shootout. I'm glad that you got a chance to go out and see some of it. I hope that you did. It's a super fun event for us to help be a part of. Next year's schedule already looks great. Again, as I kind of tipped off, we've already kind of agreed to a Liberty Monroe City game next year as the 5 o'clock game. Uh, you're probably going to see the Quincy Notre Dame boys take on a really good Triopia team on Friday next year and then a pretty darn good route team on Saturday. So that'll be super fun. We're still working on opponents for Quincy Notre Dame on the girls' side. I believe they'll play Clopton on Friday night. But you may see somebody like a Civic Memorial or, or a Lewistown come in on Saturday. We're trying to get a real marquee game because obviously as Quincy Notre Dame blitz through, uh, you know, it's competition at the Superfan Shootout in West Central. And, you know, and just dispatched with Freeburg as well very easily on Friday night. It's time to step up that level again to where we were putting the Quincy Notre Dame girls against the best in the Midwest because they're certainly kind of getting back to that level under Eric Orr. And again, as we saw them blitz through a, you know, a pretty darn well-coached Matt Long team at the Rushville Industry Regional on Tuesday night going up 18 to nothing after the first quarter. Quincy Notre Dame's legit and for real. And with Blair F. Tink and Abby Shrek around for another, what, three, four years now three years is their freshman and a good group coming. I mean, we saw what the Quincy Catholic girls did this year in winning a state championship and Missy Eaton on the way. I mean, among many others, this is going to be a really good program for a long, long time. And we need to find Eric Warren, an, op- an opponent that's appropriate to that because that's going to be part of the fun as well as, you know, trying to get people excited about girls basketball again to that level, the way they were when we started this thing and it was Clopton and Q&D and that was the most exciting thing period in the in the month of February prior to the playoffs. I mean, that was the game that everybody had marked on their calendars, and we're going to try to get back to that. So, again, if it's Civic Memorial or if it's Lewistown, I think that would certainly do the trick. But, you know, our booker, our booker Dennis Shikadance, does a wonderful job finding some of these outlier teams. I mean, you saw it with Barry Western on on. Saturday taking on Marissa. That Marissa team was fantastic. Super fun to watch. Really talented team um, with a lot of weapons and a lot of pieces. So, you know, uh, you know that that's a team that you know that that that's the kind of team he goes out and gets for us every year. And you know it, it may not be a team you've heard of. He, he's projecting ahead a little bit to try to figure out which teams get into the state rankings before they do. But man, that was that was a fun game as well. So uh, we'll we'll rely on a lot of Dennis's expertise outside the area, locally. I you know I contribute to that and you know try to point him in the directions of teams and matchups that that kind of fit. Um, and so that's how we do it. I mean, and I'm I'm pretty proud of the way that it turned out this year, even though I had some reservations going into the whole thing because the you know the, the Minden Unities and the Quincy Notre Dames of the world and the Pittsfields of the world had struggled just a little bit. It was nice to see it all kind of come together at the right time. So thanks to all who participated, and again thanks to our sponsors, American Family, uh, the good folks at Quincy Notre Dame, everybody who partners with KHQA, especially Dennis Shikadance to to help make this such a wonderful affair. I mean he's the guy that he's the Svengali that helps do it all along with Bill Cannell, who makes all the little pieces add up when all is said and done. So we had that going on. Again, great weekend, as you saw in the overtime. Man, Quincy Junior High School competing for a state championship. We did some sort of, some sort of traveling. I sent Tate out on the road, and we got lots of good stuff for you. Did some IESA stuff. We went to the John Wood game at ICC, and then unfortunately we showed up at the Quincy High Lincoln game for the worst Quincy High game I, I can remember in memory. Um, long way to drive to watch Quincy High School get a running clock dropped on them, and I think I heard Matt Shuckman say the other day that that's the first time they've been running clocked in the history of the program, which you know goes to speak to you know some of the problems endemic of Quincy High School 
basketball right there, and they're they're struggling. Um, and you know, I, I've been one of these guys who've been incredibly optimistic about the Blue Devils this season because I was just waiting for the pieces to come together, and if they could ever find a sense of normalcy, that that that's there. But last night's loss to Moline, much of which was borne by the fact that again, for the second time this season, in a Moline game. You know, Quincy High School had the same three senior starters suspended and another player suspended as well. And, you know, this that's self-inflicted. That's not basketball. That's not, you know, dumb decisions on the court. That's dumb decisions away from the court. And that's debilitating to the kids who aren't making dumb decisions and your teammates, and you owe them better than that. And that's really unfortunate last night because at full strength, Quincy High School would have probably blitzed the floor with Moline last night. In fact, when, when those thar- starters re-entered in the first half, came out to an early quick you know, 6-0 run or 7-0 run that gave them a six-point lead at that point after being down one at the first half. Those non-starters who played really did a good job, and you feel bad that they weren't part of the equation. Maybe they deserve to be a part of the equation. So I, I kind of feel for Andy Douglas right now. He's fighting some things that aren't necessarily basketball. And, you know, in this town, you know, when, when Blue Devil basketball is bad, I've said it a million times, it's like seasonal affective disorder. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying last night was a bad moment and the Lincoln game was a bad moment. And compiled next to each other, that's really rough. And, you know, I know this coaching staff is, you know, they're going to catch the blame for it. And the coaching staff isn't making bad decisions with, with the, you know, with what the kids do away from the, uh, you know, the, the court. You can only do what you can do. But, you know, you got to be a senior and you got to lead here. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. You, you can't be making these mistakes, and you can't make it twice as a senior. And I'll, I'll give Andy Douglas a, a lot of credit. He has a lot more patience than I think I would have because I think I would have cut bait, and I don't think I would have put those guys who were suspended for a half into the game at all, especially after my team fights and rallies hard to get back within one. And, you know, I think you pull the old uh, Hoosiers thing. This is my team. My team is on the floor now, and the guys who want to be there and want to be a part of this, they'll start taking care of the business away from the floor as well. So, man, it's a it's a strange dynamic with Quincy High basketball and there's not a whole lot of time to get it right and man you got to think that 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 loss to Moline and that super ugly loss to Lincoln really damages Quincy High School when seedings come out and that's going to make the road even harder in the postseason so there's a lot going on there you want to talk about February drama and February uh, things that you don't want to be dealing with you're supposed to be trying to play your best basketball at this point of the season going in and that certainly doesn't appear to be the case for the Blue Devils right now that said uh, other than that on Tuesday night thought it was a really fun Super Tuesday as we build it because, you know, as the week built to this and we're in the, I guess, in the afterglow of Tuesday recording this podcast today, uh, you look at all the things that went on last night. We had a West Central Pace and Seymour game for the second time this season, again at Winchester, and this time with a very different result. Uh, we had Monroe City and Palmyra squaring up again, both in boys and girls basketball. We had regional semifinal games and a lot of really interesting regional semifinal ga- games on the girls' side last night. So it was a it was a pretty stacked Tuesday. Um, walking you back, first of all, through West Central and Pace and Seymour, I thought it, you know, I did not get to attend this game. Um, basically, and I was, you know, basically I was prioritizing, uh, personally prioritizing regionals, um, you know, because it is the postseason. And, and, you know, if we're keeping to our creed at KHQA of doing sports as a meritocracy, I think you, you do devote your resources to playoffs before you devote them to regular season games. And, you know, we had regionals last night in Rushville at Liberty at uh, Sherrard, which we got to cover for you. We had those three sets of highlights for you. Would have loved to have gotten to North Green as well. And in fact, had the Triopia and West Central girls played at six rather than 730 in opposition to that, you know, in opposition to that 
uh, you know, game between West Central and Payson, we probably would have got there. We could have chanced it as well, but as somebody who, as some of you know, just recently received a moving violation in the uh, in in Greene County, I was not I was not prone to risk the the two gamer for myself or anybody else there. Don't speed, kids. Observe the speed limit, even when there are basketball tournaments going on simultaneously. That's my lesson to all of you. But, uh, you know, uh, I, again, I thought the games were really interesting last night. Got a chance to watch Lewistown for the third time this season in person. And, man, I'll tell you what, Greg Bennett's team is like a super team. And you can see why they're number one in the state. Um, you can see all the loaded talent. The Heffron sisters are just absolutely amazing. The Schaefer girl is like the the Swiss Army knife of it all. You've got two just transformational shooters and a wing who can just do just about anything and then you plug in pieces around those girls who play together since they were really really young and they all understand each other and it all works really well and you could see even as good as unity was playing going into that game uh, you could see just as soon as the you know the dots started connecting for Lewistown it's going to take a really special transformational team to beat them they're they're that good because most girls basketball teams don't have the ability to put not one but two elite shooters on the floor at the same time to space everything out and then if they do happen to have one or two shooters of that level mostly you're lucky to get one a decade you have two shooters of that level who happen to be sisters but to be able to clear the middle for you know for Miss Schaefer to attack whenever she wants I mean it's just it's fun to watch if it wasn't going to be so deleterious to teams in our area and you know I'm pretty pretty sure you could probably pencil them in as the Liberty regional favorites at this point obviously but don't write off the matchup with Liberty on Thursday night which I find incredibly interesting. I'm not saying that there is a team that is going to beat Lewistown out there, but if there's a team that has the pieces that kind of can match up in a max Q type situation, Liberty might be the right team in that field at least to give them a test because obviously you've got Paige Knuffman, Paige Knuffman playing at a very high level right now. She is going to be the most athletic player on that floor based on what she can do. And, you know, if you've seen her in track and field, you know she's that stretchy person who can defend and can go get rebounds. And she's coming off a 17-10 and 10 night last night. You've got a super smart leader in Allison Coonrod who helps kind of flow things. You've got an absolutely incendiary scorer from the outside in Taryn Rowe. You've got, you know, You've got other pieces like Mashuti who can kind of, Jaden can kind of, you know, be athletic and, and can run with just about anyone. I mean, you've got Izzy Gim on the inside who can kind of force and impose her will. So they've got pieces that, you know, Greg Bennett's team is going to have to compensate and account for, and they can defend uh, at, at the right level. Will it happen? I don't know. I wouldn't bet the farm on it. And I certainly think, you know, Lewistown is still a prohibitive favorite. But would I be super surprised if Liberty gave them the best game they see, at least in the early portion of the playoffs? No, I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. And I, I think I really like the way that Liberty team is playing right now. The upset win, uh, and granted, the most important thing here is that Liberty's playing on his home floor. So, you know, Brad Bergman's got that working for him as well. There's, there's a lot of things that just suggest that maybe if there was an atmosphere and a Petri dish to grow an upset, maybe Liberty's in the right place. Um, you know... Also in 1A, as I mentioned, you know, we had uh, Triopia advancing on. They'll be taking on Carrollton in the championship game. Triopia got 11 points last night from Sarah Evans. Um, Triopia's playing better than they did earlier in the season. You know, a lot of things changed in the offseason for Triopia, but they still got Anna Burris and they still got Sarah Evans, and that's going to give them a chance to play with anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up, you know, beating Carrollton and winning that regional. Um, Jacksonville Routis, the favorite at Athens, got off to a slow start last night against the host team, but then did Jacksonville route-type things, 
and you know, as long as Bella McCartney's still healthy and going, that's that's a team that's got a chance to probably win that regional advance. So that's that's what the one A architecture looks like in two A. We're still alive at Rushville Industry. Quincy Notre Dame, as I mentioned earlier, just absolutely dismantling Central Southeastern. West Hancock, unfortunately, on the business end of a loss to Monroe. So it'll be Quincy Notre Dame and uh, Monroe's going at it on Thursday. Um, you know, Quincy Notre Dame has a really tough road to get to state because the sectional is absolutely loaded. But, you know, I like Quincy Notre Dame to win that regional, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won that by 15 points. They're well-positioned to do that. They're playing some great basketball. Aragorn touched on it. I mean, the only losses this season, uh, you know, obviously to a good Plains team and then and then losing to Bethalto Civic Memorial, who's fantastic. So, you know, Quincy Notre Dame is in a really good spot. If the shots are falling, and you're starting to see more of that, not just from Blair F. Tink, but Shelby Reed starting to knock down some shots. Um, you're, you're starting to see some of that as well from, you know, the bench getting a little broader and deeper and Erica Orn's confidence in it obviously is, is very high at this point. I mean, obviously you're, you're going to see a lot from Abby Schreck and, and, you know, from Sydney Hummert, they are the, the, the engines that drive things, but in the postseason, a lot of it is being able to clear space and, and get shots and to find, um, you know, like a, a McKenna Little playing really well right now and being able to knock down shots and then facilitating for those players uh, to take some of the pressure off them. They're, this is a really good team. And, you know, you've got, you know, obviously you've got Maddie Peters as a part of that who's a heady person who's proven herself a winner both in volleyball and basketball. So a lot of nice pieces involved right now for Quincy Notre Dame. I like Eric Orn's team a lot. I also really think the job that Grant Supranaut has done at Illini West this year, particularly the fact that he's done it now without – arguably his most important piece in Megan Harrell, who's out for the rest of the season dealing with knee injuries. I mean, the step up that has taken place around Katie Kirkham and, and around Carly Artman, who've become the big two rather than the big three right now, has been fun. And they're both guards, and they're guards that are super hard to match up with. Carly Artman is super athletic. I mean, and athletic in a way that's hard to guard, and Katie Kirkham is just so smart and savvy and resourceful and quick, and she gets her jumper off like nobody's business. And Illini West coming off a big win last night uh, to advance on. They'll get Mercer County coming up in the regional championship game, uh, and, and that should be a super fun matchup as well at Sherrard. I like Illini West. I like the guts of this team. I like the way that, you know, that that uh, Grant Supernaut has been able to find pieces to step up and fill in around, and, you know, they may not be pieces capable of scoring 20 a game, but, you know, get them the eight, and it seems to work out really well for them. So moving forward, that's what the architecture is of the Illinois small school playoffs. Quincy High girls get at it coming up next week, and man, are they playing some great basketball right now. We've talked about how, how hot Culver Stockton's team is, uh, you know, at the college level. Quincy High School has sort of becoming the the prep level equivalent of them and got a chance to see it again with a rare win over Rock Island on Saturday in person with as well as the Blue Devils have played. Um, you know, and, and we've talked about you know, the value they have with great interior play over the course of this season. You know, Bryn Holtz has stepped up really big, and she's sort of that, uh, you know, stretch player, if you will, that you look for that can do so many nice things for you, you know, as a big with the ability to shoot the basketball and and kind of make things happen that way. But then, you know, you pair around her and you look, and you've got Emily Wilson, who's been such a monster in the interior as a junior this season. That helps a ton. But, you know, it, it's the everything else that's kind of come along. Lacey Novosel stepped up big and gave big minutes, blocked a couple of huge shots. I mean, I know we concentrate a lot on Olivia Edwards, and she's done a fantastic job at point guard, and she's one of those players that's certainly in consideration for, you know, all kinds of, you know, all-do-or-die team point guard honors. But, you know, when you start seeing players like Lacey Novosel step up as big as they did, Mackenzie Durst, who was an absolute monster for her team, 
with, uh, I think she finished with a team-high 13 in the Rock Island win, but hit two just sensational three-pointers to help push her team to victory. She stepped up huge as well. And, you know, I, I think you look at the job that Brad Dance has done at this point and kind of getting everything to fit together and to connect, especially with what they lost to graduation last year. That Quincy High team has been super impressive. So uh, that's another team I, I would tell you has a lot of danger going into regionals next week. They're playing super well right now. Um, you know, they're for real. They've pulled into second place in the Western Big Six, which is no small shakes, obviously, given the the, the quality of that conference. And, and, you know, again, I think if you're talking about guys who belong in the, you know, the coach of the year conversation, I think, you know, Brad Dance and, you know, Mike Davis and Keokuk are guys right at the top of that list with what their teams have done and how they've bounced around. Obviously, I think Eric Warren's in that conversation as well. You don't play as well as Quincy Notre Dame has. But, you know, we, we might as well name the award after Eric Orn at this point as many times as he's won it. And, you know, with all the state trophies, he's amassed. But those are two guys, I think, that belong in it. And if you didn't catch our feature on Keokuk and Mike Davis this week, it was, it was really illuminating, illuminating how far that team has come after losing their first two games the season to win 15 of 16, now 16 of 17 after last night and winning the Southeast Conference crown outright. And, you know, McKenna Davis, we knew going into the season, would be an absolutely incredible player for that team. And, she has been great bloodlines, and, and obviously, you know, that's something you expect from that team going into this year because we've seen her shoot it for a very long time and shoot it very, very well indeed, you know, but it's it's the rest of it that has kind of fit in around that, that Keokuk squad and kind of fit in nicely to help make it work with, you know, um, you know, the pieces like Cassidy Cobra, who's played so very well, well this season and kind of fills a lot of unique roles for her team. Um, you know, you turn around and you look at, you know, some of the shooting that they've gotten from different players. And obviously the step up of Abby Walter as a sophomore to become the leading scorer in that team at almost 15 points per game. That's an impressive addition to that. Kaylee Hall has been really, really good this year in specific spots. Um, Katie Martin as a freshman stepped in and really provided some nice impetus there as well. And, you know, we know Mike Davis can coach. We know he can coach defense because he does it every year. And that's basically who Keokuk is and what its identity has been. But I really think the broad strokes that this team has made offensively have been a super big storyline as well. All right, this is your warning, my friends. Take it from me. You do not want to forget Valentine's Day. Get everything taken care of ahead of time, actually right now online at mycountymarket.com. Order your flowers to be delivered or picked up at the store. Choose from dozens of arrangements and a handwritten message card. Your local county market floral shop, but online, that's My County Market. All right, as promised, a little lightning round action with Max Bennett. We're going to start talking basketball. We mentioned it earlier in the podcast, Quincy High School, seeming like they can't just get out of their way with self-inflicted damage, another big loss, a tough loss to Moline, which pretty much damns them from any chance of winning the Western Big Six. But that's the lesser concern. You've got regionals just hanging out there two weeks away. What are your concerns? What is your level of agita right now with the uh, Quincy Blue Devil basketball team as they seem to really struggle uh, just to kind of keep things together and kind of keep their focus at this point, Max? I think the real test will be how do they perform on the road going down the stretch? They got a tough the couple of games to finish up the Western Big Six going into that regional with the likes of Beverly East, Collinsville, Edwardsville, those Southwestern Conference teams that are always tough. We've seen what Collinsville can do at the Collinsville Holiday Tournament, and Rayshon Taylor's the real deal. I think they have to get on the right track and stay out of their own way, essentially. 
Let's talk a little bit about this. Quincy High School, Quincy Notre Dame. Which team lasts longer in the postseason through their given regionals? Knowing what the pairings and architecture will be later, obviously, on Friday. But what team do you think, based on the way they're playing right now, has a longer chance to stay alive at this point? Despite the different records and the still tough regionals for both teams, I think Notre Dame lasts longer as they're getting healthy. And we saw them at the Superfan playing the best basketball I think we've seen all year. All right, so if they play a third game, Payson, Seymour, Winchester, West Central, who do you like, or would I give you the field if you had a chance? And, again, the architecture will be better known, but we know they would meet in a sectional if they to, if they met. Do you like those two teams? Do you like one of those two teams better than the other, or are you taking the field and maybe Liberty or somebody else to sneak their way all the way to the super sectional? A third game, I'm going to have to go Payson. I think West Central, they've had their matches, and they've just kind of run into a couple – Bat, really close teams and challenges, but I like Payson. They proved what they could do at a tough Winchester site. Give them a neutral floor. I think they're able to defeat whoever. High school girls team in our area that you think makes the longest and deepest run into the postseason based on where we are at this particular point. Obviously, we're getting ready for regional championship games on Thursday. Uh, some of the field has already been eliminated, but the teams that we expected to be around in Western Illinois are still around. Do you like the small school teams? Are you a believer in Quincy High? Is it a Palmyra? Is it a uh, obviously a Keokuk team that maybe you know rising or a Central Lee team? Who do you like best out of who's left, Max? After watching the Palmyra girls for a full 32 minutes on Tuesday night, I like the Palmyra girls. Close game with Monroe at half, but then they found a way to pull away and get a double-digit lead, which eventually ended in a nine-point win. Do you think the super fan was just a hiccup for that team? Absolutely. I mean, despite Freeburg is a good team out of the Metro East, but Palmyra finds a way to win nonstop. Last one for you, Max. If you had to pick your players of the year right now, boys and girls for me, and I know it's obviously a hard field because there's a lot of really good ones. Start out on the girls' side. Who have you liked best this year out of everybody you've seen based on the way they've performed? I mean, obviously there's a lot of quality candidates both sides of the ledger this year, and there are teams that are hooked up with two and three really good players attached to them. Would you go a freshman? Is it Abby Schrake? Is it, you know, uh, is it Sydney Humbert from Quincy Notre Dame? Can you di- differentiate between the two? Is it somebody else that you like? I mean, obviously we've got people putting up Boffo numbers all over the place. Maya Mershman's been ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot out there. Who would you pick right now if you had to pick, Max? Based on what we've seen this year, I'm going to have to go Sydney Humbert. Despite the help that she has with Abby Schrake, she's still able to put up a double-double, the big points, the big rebounds, comes up with big blocks when needed. She's, I think she's the overall player of the year. And finally for you on the boys' side? This might be even tougher if I'm being completely honest, but I like Gabe Cox. Gabe Cox is awfully good. I'm, I'm actually kind of torn between a number of different people uh, still at this point, and I want to see how it plays out, but I'm kind of leaning at this point – Lucas Luce, just based on the way that he's played and what he's been, although I think there's a heck of an argument for Gabe Cox and a heck of an argument that nobody has really made succinctly enough yet for Jaden Durst. So I think that's all out there. I think there's a lot of good. And I think we have a lot that we still need to consider moving forward into the rest of the postseason. All right, put dinner on the table in a flash with County Market's quick and easy meals. These prepackaged meals cook right in the bag, in the microwave or oven, and offer everything from salmon and asparagus to chicken and potatoes, vegetable medleys, and a whole lot more. Look for the quick and easy meals in the cooler at the front of the store and take the work out of dinner tonight. All right, Max, going to leave you with my favorite thing in the world this week, everybody. 
I, you know, generally speaking, I'm kind of a movie snob, but I stumbled into something that's kind of a mainstream movie that I hadn't seen yet that I happened to watch because it starred Frances Pugh, who has been phenomenal in everything she's touched on, but somehow stumbled into the WWE Network's Fighting With My Family on Thursday night, or Wednesday night, as it were, when I had a little bit of time off. And man, what a fantastic, uplifting movie based on a true story on the professional wrestler page. But, you know, Florence Pugh, everything she acts in is just, she's got the Midas touch right now, and it was super fun. And if you're looking for a great kind of uplifting family movie about, you know, beating the odds and kind of being an outsider and that everybody has their own path to make in this world, I, I can't recommend that film highly enough to you. All right, that's it for the podcast this week. We've only got two more of these before we're done. Again, as always, our thanks to County Market for their unyielding support of our communities, our kids, and our schools.